Welcome to Pastors Confidential. We're Michelle and Eric Waters, and we're two pastors, one podcast. On each episode, we'll be answering one of your questions about God, the Bible, faith, and life. We're so excited you're joining us. Good morning. Happy Labor Day. I'm Michelle. And I'm Eric. And we are back with a much-awaited episode with Pastor Henry Schulte. That's right. This is an interview that you did, what was it, last week? Yeah, we did this one over the phone. I mm-hmm. think it was last week. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah. Well, I tell you, Pastor Schulte, I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing this interview myself mm-hmm. because as as many of our listeners know far more than I know myself, I mean, mm-hmm. Pastor Schulte is a dear, dear man of God who has served the Lord uh, for almost all his life. I think he had 50, mm-hmm. 50 years, years of he, ministry. Yep. Right? We talk about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for, for those listening from Ohio, so Pastor Schulte uh, is is the pastor emeritus of our church. Mm-hmm. And so he's the senior pastor who I, who I succeeded. And boy, I tell you, those are some really, really big shoes to step into. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pastor Schulte, he made it so easy. Yep. I mean, he, he had me over to his house. He encouraged me. He supported me. He always rallied around me uh, and through... Mm-hmm. Through some difficult times, he was right there for me to, to lift me up. He's just a great man of God. I hope to be like him yes. uh, when I'm you know, 50 years into my ministry. Yes, because it can go different ways. Oh, absolutely. Especially when the person still lives in town. So it's been a great blessing because he comes to our church now, mm-hmm. now before quarantine. He right. was coming to our church, his church, you know, but... Um, that's no longer the case because he's you know living on his own in a independent living type situation right. where they're really not encouraged to to go out. Yeah, and I think that's where that's what we'll be hearing about. Yes, we're yeah. going to be talking about how how that can be very difficult, especially mm-hmm. for someone like him who's very social. Oh, he's a very social mm-hmm. person. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean, a, a, a very much a people person. Mm-hmm. And so I can imagine that for someone wired like that, it would be very difficult to be forced inside for yeah. months and months and months on end. Right. Yeah. But he has found hope in his circumstances, and you will definitely enjoy this conversation. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. Good. Well, hello, Pastor Schulte. How are you? Well, I'm just fine. Thank you so much for doing these podcasts. I'm a, a faithful follower of you and Pastor Waters doing the the podcast from uh, your Monday leisure time activities. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. We so are so appreciative that you listen and we're so excited. And I know so many people are excited that you are going to be on today. Oh, well, I hope they won't be disappointed. (laughs) Well, tell us a little bit. Now we have obviously everybody in Bernie knows exactly who you are. You're quite famous around here. But we <laughs> we have people that listen from other places too. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about your your time at St. John, which was very very long, wasn't it? Well, yes. Uh, let me go back a little bit further. Okay. I, I'm a country boy from up in Central Texas, a, a town of, near our town called Crawford. Uh, President George Bush made it famous yes. for a while. <laughs> yes. Uh, worked in a grocery store for about four years uh, before I, I felt the call and discernment to uh, prepare to be a, a pastoral minister and uh, finally made the break. We had nine month year old, uh, nine month uh, old boy. Okay. And so we packed up and moved to Texas Lutheran in Seguin. 
the start of eight years of education with a nine-month-old was uh, <laughs> a, a little bit of a challenge. Uh, oh, okay. But made it through, ordained in 1965. Wow. And was uh, called to a little two-point parish outside of Brenham, Texas, at Shelby and Fayetteville, Texas. And then went to San Antonio as uh, a senior pastor designate for Highland Park Lutheran Church, with a congregation of about they said 1,800. I couldn't find but 1,200. <laughs> yeah, we like to but, inflate the numbers sometimes. <laughs> and then after 10 years, I was called to be the assistant to the bishop in Austin and was the director for personnel for the old southern district that covered Texas, Arkansas, and Louisiana. Okay. I worked all the calls and all the crises and all the crud. Oh. Uh, so I had a lot of traveling to do. Knew that I'd much rather be a pastor, and so I was able to accept a call to Kerrville, Texas, and mm -hmm. served there for seven years, planned to retire, when all of a sudden I went to a Senate Assembly and was elected bishop of the new Southwestern Texas Senate of the ELCA. Oh, you were going to retire, and then you became bishop? Well, I planned to retire in Kerrville. <laughs> okay. Just, you know, I was one to stay there the rest of my days. Oh, okay. You know how that yes, is. yes. And uh, then after I was elected bishop, I, I just, you know, accepted this as the Lord's will. And, okay. Um, if the church calls you to do something, you, you tend to think the Lord has something to do with that. Yes, let's hope. So, <laughs> <laughs> so after four years, and, and the good thing in the Lutheran polity is. Uh, being elected bishop is not a life sentence. It's right. a, a four-year term. Yes. So I would have had to re-up for six or to um, be available to go back into congregational ministry and had the chance to come to Bernie. Oh. It was a quite small congregation. People were surprised. But uh, I came, and I was 58 years old, planned to serve for seven years okay, and retire at 65, but I was having too much fun, <laughs> and so I stayed on till I was 78. Oh, my goodness. And after my 50th anniversary of ordination, I on June the 20th of 2015, I retired on July 1st, 2015. Okay, so you were 50 years ordained a full-time oh, duty of 50 years okay yeah. so what what would you say is was the biggest difference from when you're be, you began in ministry to the end there well of course times change yes and and the, the church changed but people still are basically the same <laughs> I, I think i see in people uh, a great need for foundation um, and certainly your topic of hope yes. uh, is so critical to that, I think. Yes. Uh, they want something to stand on and something to look forward to. Yeah, amen. And, um, of course, I know you also want me to reference the fact that I was married to the most wonderful lady, yes. Frances, for nearly 65 years, oh, 64 wow. years and 10 months. Yes. 
and uh, after being hospitalized for 59 days, uh, she went to be with the Lord. Yes. And so that began a new journey for me. I'd never lived alone. Mm -hmm. We had moved uh, into a retirement community in independent living here in Bernie. Yes. And um, it was interesting. I was... (laughs) I always called her, I'm the bishop, but you're the archbishop. (laughs) Uh, She said after she had moved and followed me for so many times in our married life, that when I retired, she had news for me. She was not leaving Bernie. Oh, very good. And so we had the opportunity to move into a retirement community two years before I retired. And so we had a whole new community of friends built up here that allowed us to simply be the the welcoming and cheerleader for our new wonderful pastor that came in. Well, I appreciate you have been exactly that, and we appreciate that so much. Well, I tell you, I'm I'm not just blowing smoke. (laughs) I I really mean it, and he's doing a wonderful job. Thank you. I'm so thankful. Thank you. Well, we are so thankful for everything you did here. Well, that's, I think you... This is good because many of our listeners are in a similar situation to you. Um, maybe they have recently li- become as someone living alone or lost a spouse, especially during this time. I, I really feel it's so hard. Um, you're not in a community where you can't leave. Is that correct? Well, I, I can leave some. Okay. But they really don't want us leaving to be a part of any large group. Okay or anything, uh, we can go to the doctor's offices and those types of things, but uh, we have less restrictions than assisted living and skilled nursing. Okay. So. so how are you as someone, I know how social you are and extroverted and everything, how, how, are, how is this going for you? How are you finding hope? Oh, that's a big question. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, first of all, I'm doing okay, maybe better than I imagined I would, because the COVID restrictions uh, do make it extra difficult, not being able to pick up and travel and to go see my folks up in Central Texas, and uh, those limitations have made it it difficult. uh, Michelle, after I retired particularly, the the saying... um, Possession is nine points of the law. You've heard that? <laughs> yes. I, I came to a new slogan that said, acceptance is nine points of life. Oh, I like I that. Got to thinking, I got to thinking about all the, the times of, of loss that I had had, mm-hmm. and from losing my hair to losing <laughs> my sense of smell. But... You know, you, you can either become a victim and and wallow in your victimized condition. Okay. Or, or you can, by the grace of God, try to focus outward. And so, Francis's numerous hospitalizations and, and difficulties, that became my, my motto. Acceptance is nine points of life. Oh, okay. And then when she passed away... I added a, a new theme, acceptance with thanksgiving. Mm, 
That's and, amazing. And I tried my best to, it was tough. Don't, yes. Don't let me, you know, kid you, because every time I came to that apartment mm. door and, and wanted to open it, I got a knot in my stomach. Oh. Every time you go to bed and mm-hmm. there's nobody there and just wanting to talk to that person in the chair that's not there. And and it hurts. Yes. It, it, I, I never lived alone before. I lived with my parents till I got married at the ripe old age of 18. Oh, my goodness. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, living alone became a new challenge. For exactly. Me. I can imagine. Even, even in the context of... A, of um, independent living yes but that became kind of my theme and then you know how do i handle it how what do i base it on it goes back to you've heard my coffee cup theology but (laughs) the, the the idea the idea that we're all born with our coffee cup turned upside down in our little kingdom of me. Mm-hmm. And, and the this Holy Spirit comes to crowbar, to pry us up, to have us to be open, to receive his grace, and to be filled with his grace so that we have a basis for responding with thanksgiving, praise, worship, and obedience, but also have enough grace to overflow and be focused on other people around us. Yes. And so I, I think that that grace is where it begins. But every morning and night in my devotions, I thank God for the gift of faith and for the gift of Francis. Mm, that is so because, beautiful. Because if, if God hadn't worked that, filled my cup with grace mm-hmm. and worked that faith within me, I wouldn't know who I was or why I was or anything else. Right. My life has been so filled with the Lord speaking through my words and Mm -hmm. acting through the things I did, and I was just kind of long for the ride. Mm -hmm. I I loved your interview with Barbie Moore. Thank Uh, you. She sounds just like a a spirit-filled lady that I had on... internship in Grosse Point Woods, Michigan, but... Okay. Uh, <laughs> yep, she's something the, else. Uh, <laughs> but to go from grace to faith to believing the promise that, you know, whosoever believeth in me, even though they die, yet shall they live. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess that I, I wonder about where she is and how she is. Yes. And, and so, you know, I've, I've focused on Jesus' words to this thief on the cross. Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Mm-hmm. And so the two big words are with me. Oh, yes. And in paradise, you know, that's where God is. Right. And, uh, but to be with him. So in my prayers, I, I tell the Lord to give her a hug and tell mm-hmm. her I love her and mm-hmm. I miss her. Yes. And, and just in that certainty of the promise that is there. And with that, I, I keep moving along. <laughs> yes, you certainly do. 
Um, do you think it was his mercy, really, that she went before this whole COVID thing? I mean, can you imagine the hospitalizations oh, you had oh, to deal with? I, I tell you, I thank God for that so often yes. that she didn't continue on through this. Ugh. 59 days, and I spent 12 to 14 hours a day. Ugh. A kid said I had to come home and get eight hours of sleep every night. <laughs> so, But I spent 12 to 14 hours a day with her there, and I saw... She was intubated, and she was on a ventilator, and and all of these things. And if I couldn't have been with her, oh, yes, it, it's unthinkable. Yeah, and I feel so for the families that are having to go through this right now. I know, without being able to be there. But yes, the in that case, the the Lord was merciful yes. to her, yes. and and before this came mm-hmm. and she was able to have a beautiful beautiful funeral um oh, you know which couldn't yeah. have happened if she had passed during during this time so yeah there's some grace there thing yeah i mm-hmm. feel for people that yes. can't really have the full-blown funeral no but yeah no that's that's something else but. Mm-hmm. so how are you now in your present circumstances how do you find community do you do some zooming with your family do do you do, see your son and daughter i'm sorry uh, well, you get to see them? Uh, I, I saw them on Father's Day. Okay. And, but uh, with our restriction of not being out any more than we need to, uh, I, I've just gone by telephone. We do celebrate sure. birthdays on Zoom. Okay. And, and we take some of that, uh, or at least my phone lights up and <laughs> I see pictures on it. I'm not, I'm not that technical <laughs> to be able to dial up all those things. But... Uh, it is the constant awareness and assurance that they are there. Yes. Uh, that I can call them anytime they, mm-hmm. I want to, and they can call me anytime. And, nice. And that, that's good. Yes. Now, have you ever lived through anything that you would describe as a similar situation to what we're in now? No, I haven't. Um, I guess my, my, my previous introduction to grief was when Francie's mother died at uh, 62 following open heart surgery. Mm. And at that time, the difference between her mother dying at 62 and her dying at 84, uh, we grieved so much for what her mother was not able to experience. Mm-hmm. Her kiddos were little. Yeah. Uh, she didn't get to see them graduate from high school. She mm-hmm. didn't get to see them married. And, and and so we grieve for ourselves, for the things that we would have loved to have seen them do. Sure. And and that, that was a tough, tough time to go through. Mm-hmm. But uh, that time has, has helped healed that too but yeah. I liked I liked your you and Eric talking about the fruits of faith and mm-hmm. being the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen right I, I, I think that is the essence of of our hope is we haven't seen it yep but we're so convinced of it that it's real yes yes and and it's not a wish. It, it's it's a solid hope. 
Mm-hmm. It's the Christian oath. Right, it's the anchor, and yeah. I think you need to put the two words together almost because people hope in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But you know, I hope the Cowboys going to win the Super Bowl <laughs> or whatever it is. But, but the Christian hope is a foundation that is as certain and sure as anything that I know of, and I bet my life on it. Mm. Yes, amen, me too. <laughs> me too. Well, let, let me give you a final question. How are you finding, so you worship online, I assume. Is that how you're? I do, okay. yeah. I, I worship with uh, a son's congregation mm-hmm. at 10 o'clock, and now uh, I have a 15-minute break since St. John's oh, yes. 11 o'clock. <laughs> that worked very well for you. <laughs> <laughs> but it, the, they did just go one right after the other. Right. But yes, and, and that has been such a blessing. Um, Lanny Bremer always gave me such a hard time if wanting to do live stream or oh, okay. on it. I drug my feet, sure. drug my feet. But I have to admit, he was right. And thank God we had to set up all done. Exactly, right? Along. Yes, that's so amazing. That it could be done. Right, we were a little bit ahead. For once, Lutherans were ahead of the curve on something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lanny's usually right on most. Okay. <laughs> Very good to know. Well, let me ask you. I said it was a final question, but I actually have one more. We pray sometimes that one of our children um, would want to go into the ministry. I don't know if that's a good prayer or not. But what did you find about that? Having a son that followed in your footsteps. Well, it was interesting um, growing up. And, and he mostly grew up there in, in San Antonio at Highland Park, went to East Central High School. But they, people in the congregation would ask him, uh, David, what are you, you going to be when you grow up? He said, well, two things I know for sure. One, I won't be a pastor. <laughs> of course. And two, I will be a millionaire. Oh, Wow. And so that was this kind of uh, standard answer every time you had come. Well, he, the Lord got a hold to him while he was at college at Texas Lutheran. Okay. And he, he began to talk a little bit about what do you, what do you study in seminary, you know? Mm-hmm. I sensed that somebody might be talking to him. And I told him a little bit about it, and a few questions came on a little bit more. I said, well, you know, you've got a triple major in business, finance, and management. Why don't you complete your your field of study? And if the Lord calls you into another field, you've at least got this to, to fall back on. Sure. Well, one day we having a congregational potluck dinner, and he came home from college. And we were going through the serving line, and he said, I guess I better get used to these. I said, (laughs) used to what? He said, these potluck dinners. I said, why? He says, I don't care what you say. If I want to do something as badly as I want to do this, I decided I was going to do it, so I enrolled in seminary. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That's amazing. That is, well, <laughs> Yeah, it, it, was a, it was a joy and a surprise, 
but his senior year in in college, he blew both of his promises that he would not be a pastor <laughs> and that he would be a millionaire. <laughs> well, maybe there's still hope for the millionaire. Maybe he could write a book or get some some big deal. <laughs> you never know. Well, if, if there's to keep printing money like they do, and he might be a millionaire and can't afford to live on it. So. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Well, I'm so happy to get to talk to you. And I know, oh my goodness, I cannot wait until the rest of the congregation gets to hear from you again. I know they miss you and love seeing it when you were coming back to church. And hopefully that can happen again sometime. Well, I, I do hope that. And mm-hmm. maybe just a parting word. Uh, from Romans 15, Paul writes, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Amen. And thank you for overflowing with hope for us today. Oh, you're so welcome and God bless you. You too.